Uh, okay, so we're up to Daf Ayin Aleph, uh, Ayin Beis Aleph. The last thing the Gemara asked the Kasha was like this: The Gemara asked, we know that if a husband hears a vow when she's, uh, let's say, when she's an heiress, the truth is, even when she's married, it doesn't really matter. He has two choices. Let's go with heiress. He has two choices. He could either confirm the vow, nullify the vow, or wait twenty-four hours. Those are three choices. The question is, what if he hears the vow, he doesn't confirm it, he doesn't nullify, but he divorces her? Is the divorce an act of confirmation because he knows the second he divorces her, there's no going back? Or is perhaps, no, a divorce is just nothing. It's being quiet. And then within 24 hours, I guess, if he were to take her back, he could then nullify the vow. That's the question. So the truth is we had a back and forth right afterwards, which she said the Mishnah describes a case of divorce and taking, and then she marries someone else that same day, and the new husband can nullify. So you see divorce is not a confirmation. So I answered, I, I didn't I just thought over there he heard about, he didn't hear about the vow. In this case, he heard about that. The truth is, that's the Gemara later on. The Mamash went back and forth. But anyway, so the Kasha is, he hears about the vow, and he doesn't say anything about that. He doesn't confirm, he doesn't nullify, he just says, let's get divorced. The question is, what, what does that mean when it comes to the vow? So, Tashma, let's bring a proof. The proof is as follows. Okay, we're trying to figure out whether divorce, I'm based on all, first word. Again, the question is, is divorcing a confirmation or nullification? Or nothing? The, 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 not nullification, but is it a confirmation or is it a non-confirmation? Those are the two choices. So it's definitely not nullification, but, but the question, is it a confirmation of the vow or is it just uh, nothing? So Tashima, the Bryce says like this, we had this a couple days ago on Tafsayin Samaches. The Bryce is describing, we know that if the husband dies, then the power of annulment goes to the dad because she's single again. But that's only true if he didn't confirm the vow. If he confirmed the vow, so let's you have an engaged couple. She makes a vow, the husband confirms it, and the husband dies. The, the father can't nullify it because the husband already confirmed it. Once it's confirmed, it's confirmed. The Brysa describes, though, but if he didn't confirm it and then he died, then the power goes to the dead. Okay, fine, fine. The Brysa over there describes three cases that are not a confirmation. He hears about it and he doesn't say anything. He hears about it and it nullifies, or he... Uh, yeah, let's see it inside. I forgot the last one. Tashima, Amosai, what is an example of the husband not confirming the vow? Amrub Meisabal, what is the example where he doesn't confirm the vow and then he, he dies? Nisroikarushaslav, the power goes to the dad. Bizman Shaloshama, oh, that was the case. He either didn't hear about the vow, he hears about the vow and nullifies, or he hears about the vow and doesn't say anything. Oh, those are the three cases where it's, where it's not confirmed. It doesn't really matter. He, he hears the vow, doesn't say anything, doesn't hear the vow, or hears the vow and nullifies. Those are the three cases where it's not confirmed. How come it doesn't say divorce? Divorce is not there. Oh, so you see divorce is a confirmation. Because it's listing all the times where it's not a confirmation and divorce is not there. So you see, divorce is obviously a confirmation. The Gemara says, And if you're telling me that divorce is not a confirmation and it's like quiet... Then why is that not a case? He hears the he hears the vow and divorces her. Oh, you see, divorce is not there. It must be divorce is a confirmation. Here's the problem: the end of that brisa describes all the cases of confirmations, and divorce isn't there either. So uh, you have this throughout Shas, which is you, you have a list, you know, three in A and three in B, and you're trying to figure out, you know, what C is, and you say, well, it's not in A. It must be this. Well, it's not in B either. What's the answer? The Mishnah wasn't dealing with it. Sometimes when the Brysa wasn't addressing a certain thing, you don't, and it's not in any list. So the answer is, I don't know. Either 
it should be in one side of the list and it's omitted. I don't know. When he was writing that Mishnah or Brisa, he wasn't dealing with uh, divorce. The Gemara says, uh, so The fact that the divorce is not listed in the first list of non confirmations means it's a confirmation. Here's the problem. Go to the end of that Brisa where it lists all the confirmations. If it says if the husband heard about it and then confirmed it. Or he hears about it, doesn't say anything, waits 24 hours. That's also a passive confirmation. Uh, if he dies, the father can't, can't nullify because it was already confirmed. So the Brysa lists all the confirmation. It doesn't list divorce. But why would you think, like, it doesn't make sense divorce should be on that list. But uh, why? Because either divorce is a confirmation or it's not a confirmation. I have a list of non-confirmations It's not there. I have a list of confirmations It's not there. It's got to be something. So what's the answer? The Amigirish and Kakamadami listeni, Vimsham Vigirish, El Maloika Nehaki, Shmamina Girish Kishnikadami. So you have you could deduce from the first half of the Braisa that Gerishin is is a confirmation. But you could deduce from the second half of the Braisa, it's not a confirmation. What's the answer? You don't deduce anything. This list is not it's not dealing with divorce. Divorce is for whatever reason not in this list. And it wasn't entertained, and therefore the fact that it's not in A doesn't mean it's in B, and it's not in B doesn't mean it's in A. I don't know. And the, the, the Gemara speaks it out. It either should be in the first list, and then the second list is just keeping it the flow going, or it should be in the end, and the first list is just keeping the flow going. Basically, it's got to be somewhere, we just don't know. You can't learn anything from this Brysa, because this Brysa did not entertain the, the notion of divorce. Okay. So the Gemara says, Tashima. Again, we're trying to bring this kasha, we're trying to figure out what is the halacha if a woman, if the man divorces the wife after hearing the vow, is that a confirmation? So, this is what Gavin said yesterday. What did the Mishnah say? The case of the Mishnah was quite, quite clear. A woman Monday morning is engaged to Ruvain, makes a vow, Ruvain doesn't nullify or confirm, divorces her. An hour later, she gets engaged to Shimon. The halacha is, Shimon can nullify the vow. Father and current husband. That's the case of the Mishnah. Wait a minute. If divorce is a confirmation, then how could the new husband nullify the vow? It was already confirmed. This is what Gavin said yesterday. It's very obvious. The Mishnah clearly says, if, if, if she makes a vow with the first husband, first husband divorces her, she's engaged within 24 hours to a second husband, second husband can, confirm, can nullify the vow or confirm the vow. What do you mean? It must be that divorce is not a confirmation. Why? Because if divorce is a confirmation, How could the second husband nullify a vow that was already confirmed? So you see from our Mishnah very clearly that divorce is not a confirmation. The answer is, that's not what we're asking. The case of the Mishnah is where he didn't hear about the vow. He divorced her not knowing. Of course if you divorce her not knowing that there was a vow, of course it's not a confirmation. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the following case. She says to him, I just vowed A, B, and C, and he says, we're getting divorced. He hears about it, doesn't address it. That's the Shiloh. The Mishnah obviously... It clearly indicates that divorce is not a confirmation because the Mishnah is talking about a case where he didn't know about it. Of course, if, yeah, of course, if he doesn't know about it, the divorce is not a confirmation. The only reason why divorce would be a confirmation is because he knows about it, hears about the vow, knows that there's only two choices, 
nullification or confirmation. Divorces her knowing full well that he can't nullify it anymore. Maybe that's an act of confirmation. But if he doesn't know about it, of course it's not an act. It's not like automatically divorces, confirms all vows. The Shaila is, he knows about it. That Mishnah, where he doesn't know about it. The Gemara says, I'm sorry? No, love Dafka. But but the cases where he knows about it when he divorces her. It doesn't have to be that he divorces her because of that. He probably had reasons to divorce her before. But the point is, he knows about the vow when he divorces her. But the case of the Mishnah is where he didn't hear about the vow. Okay. Here's the problem, though. Um, what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said that he, he, she makes a vow when she's currently engaged to Reuven. Reuven divorces her, and then within 24 hours, she marries Shimon. Shimon can divorce, can nullify the vow. Why, 24, why within 24 hours? Because once a vow is heard, and 24 hours go by, you can't nullify and confirm. So the Mishnah you're telling me is a case where the husband didn't hear about it, then why does it have to be that she got engaged within 24 hours? 24 hours stops from the time the father and husband hear. Right? She makes a vow in August. No one hears about it till December. Then all of a sudden he hears about it, now you have 24 hours. So you tell me the case of the Mishnah is where the husband didn't hear about it. So why did she have to get engaged within 24 hours? The same. If, if the husband never heard about the vow, she can make a vow in July, get divorced, get married, get engaged six months later. Then he hears about it, he can nullify that day. It's 24 hours from the time he hears about it. It's not 24 hours from the time the, the, the vow was made. So if you're telling me the cases where the husband didn't hear about it, then why does she have to get engaged within 24 hours? Why is there a 24-hour time limit if the husband didn't hear about it? The Gemara says, Yihachi, my area by Bayoim. If the husband didn't hear about it, then why is there a 24-hour like time limit? The whole 24-hour stop clock only starts when the husband hears about it. The husband didn't hear about it. Then why does it have to be that she got engaged within 24 hours? It could be that she got engaged a month later. So the answer is, 24 hours starts when someone hears about it. The husband didn't hear about it. The father did. So the reason why there's a 24-hour stop clock is so really the case of the Mishnah is that the husband didn't hear about the vow. And that's why his divorce is not a confirmation. I, if the husband didn't hear about it, the why is there a 24-hour stop clock? Stopwatch going? The answer is because the father heard about it. Once someone hears about it, 24 hours starts. Only someone could do something. Correct. Father or husband. So once the father or the husband hear, it's 24 hours starts. So the case of the Mishnah is where the husband didn't hear. I, if the husband didn't hear, why is it have to be within 24 hours? Because the father heard. The answer is, Shama Aris for Shama Av. The boy by young who the mates may from a country of Hoymotsi may for. I'm sorry, but you need to have both of them involved. True, but that's why. But once the father hears or the husband hears, there is a 24 hours where you got you have to, to nullify. Once 24 hours pass, it's too late. So that's the case of the mission. So we're back to the original thing is we're trying to figure out if a husband divorces her after Kedushin, is it a confirmation or not? So Tashima, the Brysa says like this. It's actually a Mishnah. It's a Mishnah later on. The Mishnah says, yeah, the Mishnah says, if she makes a nether, and then they get divorced, and then they get re, re-engaged, all within 24 hours, remarried, too late. So again, so, clear, Rachel is engaged to, is engaged to Ruvain, Makes a nether. Reuven divorces her Monday morning. Takes her back Monday afternoon. What's the halacha? The halacha is can't nullify the vows. Why? So you see, divorce is a confirmation. So Shema Minah, 
Gerish and Kakam, they're pretty clear. The answer is no. That case of the Mishnah is not talking about engagement. What is it talking about? The case of the Mishnah is not, we're trying to figure out if you divorce her when she's engaged, whether it's a confirmation. The case of the Mishnah is where they were fully married. What, what's the difference? Divorce is, is either confirmation or not. The answer is really I could tell you divorce is not a confirmation. Really divorce is nothing. So let me ask you a question. If divorce is not a confirmation, then how come in that case, why can't he nullify the vows? Again, you have Rachel is, is, is married to Yaakov. Okay? Makes a nether Monday morning. They get divorced. Monday afternoon they go back together. Yaakov can't nullify the vows. So we thought it's because of the divorce. It has nothing to do with the divorce. They weren't engaged. They were married. What's the halacha by marriage? The husband cannot nullify vows that took place before the marriage. See, by engagement, he could nullify the vows that took place before, not by marriage. So really, engagement and divorce is not a confirmation. So how come Yaakov can't nullify? Because when they got married the second time, all the vows that took place by the first marriage are before the marriage. It's too late. It has nothing to do with divorce being a confirmation. It's a side... um, uh, uh, not a loophole, it's the opposite, it's a side technicality. Really, divorce is not a confirmation. So how come Yaakov can't, can't nullify the vows when he gets married the second time? The answer is because they got married the second time, not engaged, married the second time. The halacha is that after marriage, you cannot nullify any vow that took place before marriage. So technically, that marriage, so the vow that took place Monday morning, when they got divorced and then got remarried, by Monday afternoon, all the vows are before the marriage, too late. The answer is, uh, over here we're not talking about a case of engagement we're talking about a case of full marriage behind new time and the reason why you can't nullify is not because divorce is a confirmation the halacha is that after full marriage you cannot nullify a vow that took place before marriage is there someone in the building? so that, that's so that's the <laughs> That's the halacha. So the, the reason why he can't nullify is not because divorce is a confirmation. Really, divorce is not a confirmation. So you'll say, so why can't you nullify the vow? The answer is because you got married. And then technically, the vow that took place before the marriage, it's too late. It's a weird touch about that. It's a brief, like, yeah, I know. That's, it's a pretty obvious. Yeah, I, the Gemara for a thought that it was engagement, the Gemara is like, no, it's not engagement at all. Okay. Uh, new topic. Next, Ahmed. So the halacha is like this. A father can only nullify the vows until she's... We don't know. No, no answer. It's it's not whether divorce is a confirmation or not. It's it's it didn't answer. I just have a question. So if marriage sets it sets that you can't take away the vows, wouldn't it be smart before you get married? Oh, look at that. Our Mishnah. That's this Mishnah. The Mishnah said like this. The, the Mishnah. That's actually that was very good. Good for you. Good for you. So the Mishnah says like this. Um, the unless you read the Mishnah, in which case it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of so 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 here's the deal. Uh, a husband cannot. Laugh made a good point. The father and the husband. The father cannot nullify the vows once she either gets married or turns twelve and a half. Too late. So let's say right before the chuppah, that's it. Once she's fully married out of his jurisdiction. Similarly, once she's fully married, the husband can no longer nullify vows that took place before. So says the Mishnah, It was the way of that before the daughter would leave his jurisdiction, so either she was turning 12 and a half or she was getting fully married, right before that, that, you know, that, that stage, he would say, all good? 
He would say, every neder you said, gone. The father would say, all nedarim that you made are officially nullified. Now, the Gemara in today's daf, the rest of the daf, so again, the father, right before she would leave the stage, either turning 12 and a half or getting fully married, he would say, right before, he would say, listen, every nether you ever made, I just want to officially nullify, just so that you don't have any clean slate. Because again, the second she turns 12 and a half, the second she gets married, it's too late. Shouldn't you have no, you don't have to. Why should you have leaving, to? Leaving vows is not I'm not going to say you don't have to do that. It's it's a nice thing. It's t- it's the way of Tamid Chum. I'm not going to require you to do that. You don't have to, but it's a nice. Well, it's a res- that's called a nice thing to do. That's well, called the proper thing. That's called a proper thing to do, but that's not a requirement. A requirement is something to keep Allah. You don't have to do it. Now, here's the, the today's daf is going to be addressing the following case, which is why does it work? Usually when it comes to nadarim for you to nullify, you have to hear about them or be aware of them. You're just like nullifying everything. So we'll see why that works. But that's the first thing of the father. We'd be giving ourselves a lot of headaches. Not, not like you, there's... What do you mean? True, but again, I, that's why it's the it's the proper thing to do. All I'm saying is that it's not required because it's not a requirement. Requirement means that Chazal required, the Torah required. It's not a requirement. It's a proper thing to do. That's what the father would do. And similarly, the husband. Similarly, the husband. Before they would get fully married, after engagement, right before the chuppah, he would also nullify all the vows. Why? Because again, the second they walk under the chuppah, he could no longer nullify vows that took place before the marriage. So after Kedushin, right before Nesuin, he would also nullify all the vows. So they would probably have to do it at the same time. No, no, the father can nullify the vows that took place before she got engaged, right? The the, the only... Once she's engaged... Father can still do the. I believe so. You know what, Ashley? Maybe they would do it together. Actually, you know what? They probably would do. But they would probably do it together anyway because there are a lot of vows that are overlapped. The Venn diagram of vows you would need. uh, They would have to do it together within, you know, within uh, twenty-four hours of hearing about it. They would have to, you know. Well, here's the (laughs) as a new keyboard. Here's the kasha. The kasha of the Gemara is like this: Boi Rami Barchama, Bal Mao Sheyefer Shmia. Rami Barchama's kasha is like this. Can a husband nullify the vow without hearing about the vow? I mean, that seems like from the Mishnah what he did, but that's the question. Because the Pasuk says, Vishama Isha. The Pasuk says the husband hears. The question is, Vishama Isha Dafka or Lav Dafka? When the Pasuk describes the husband hearing about the vow, is that just because that's the common case? Does he actually have to hear about the vow in order to nullify the vow? Can he nullify a vow without knowing about it? Can he just say basically all vows are, are out? How can, you, how can you get rid of something you don't know about? Well, maybe that's his power. He has the ability to wipe away even without knowledge. But here's the thing, though. I mean, that's exactly what the Mishnah said. So the Gemara says, well, Tashima, Derech Tami the Chacham, Ashley Yates, Bita, Mietzloi, Arm the Kondam Shadai, the Betech Basi, Arim Mufar, Hale Shama, right? What's our Mishnah? The father nullifies the vows right before she turns 12 and a half. He says, every vow you ever made, out. He didn't hear about them. So you see, you don't have to hear about them. So the Gemara says, no, Luchi Shama. No. The truth is, really, you have to hear about them. So what, what's the father doing? The father is hoping that by saying this, it will lead to a conversation. Meaning, when the father says, all vows are nullified, it doesn't actually work. But what it does, it will lead to a conversation where the girl's like, what vows are you talking about? And he's going to be like, well, you tell me. And then they start talking, he tells her, nullified, nullified, nullified. Meaning, so really that statement is a meaningless statement. It doesn't actually work. 
But what it will do is will lead the girl to feeling comfortable, maybe not feeling embarrassed or whatever. She will tell the vows that she made. He will then nullify it then for a second time, but really for the first time. Correct, meaning you have to, he has to hear and know about the vows. So that really when the husband, father just says, every vow is nullified, it doesn't actually do anything. It just will lead to a conversation which will then have her tell him the specific vows, which he will then nullify. The Gemara says similar thing with the husband. With the, husband. the Gemara says, um, I, uh, I, uh, meaning If you're going to ask yourself, wait, so then the first statement is meaningless, so why does he have to say it? The answer is because it's a proper thing to get her to open up. Meaning, this adds to what Laffer was saying, is that why isn't it a requirement? It's not a requirement because you actually don't do anything. By the father saying that, it accomplishes nothing. But what it does accomplish is that it gets the girl to start talking. Hopefully she reveals the vows, then he can nullify. So that's why it would be the way of a tamachacham, because it, it doesn't, it's not, listen, if you told me every guy can just click a button and every vow is gone, then yeah, but that's not actually what's happening. Shouldn't we put on her that before you, that you have Why does she have to tell him? She doesn't like him. She may not like the father. She might be comfortable with the vows. Saying, I'm not going to punish you if you tell Yeah, that's basically the father way of saying, listen, you could tell me about the vows, I'm not going to be upset, and it hopefully opens up the dialogue. The Gemara says the same thing about the husband. The Gemara says, So the Gemara says, let's bring a proof from the husband. The husband nullifies also the vows before the chuppah. Oh, so you see he doesn't have to hear? The answer is, The answer is the same thing. It's hoping that it'll open her up, she'll tell the vows, and then he'll nullify. Okay, so we're still back to the original question, which is, can a husband or father nullify vows without actually hearing about them? So, Tashima, A person is traveling for five months. He's going on business for five months. He tells his wife, I'm going away for five months. Every neda you make from now until five months, all future nedarim are confirmed. I'm in. The halacha is no good. It doesn't work because you can't confirm something that doesn't exist yet. But, Harein Mufarin, what if he says, every neda you're going to make in the next five months, I'm already nullifying. So the halacha is, Rav Mufar, it works. So wait a minute. Besides for how the mechanics of works, he didn't hear about them. Oh, halay shama, he didn't hear about them. So the answer is, <laughs> No, when he says every vow is nullified, he doesn't actually mean every vow is nullified. What he means is he's stipulating. Over the next five months, every vow I hear about is officially nullified. I'm making a stipulation that every vow that I will hear about, when I hear it, it is nullified. That's fine. Meaning, so over the next five months, he's saying, every vow that you make that I hear about, if it gets word to me, whatever, you give me a phone call, if I hear about it, it's officially nullified now. So you're going to say, okay, not nullified now, nullified then. It's a shayla in the Rishonim. Meaning, when I hear about it, it's nullified. So then, so the question is, I'm sorry? What's he doing? Oh, so the Gemara says, So so it's only nullified when he hears about it. So he's going to hear about it anyway. So let him hear about it and then nullify then. Like why? He's like setting the stage. Like, you should know, over the next five months, every vow I hear about, when I hear about it, it's nullified. But he has to hear about it anyway. Why is he making it crazy? When he hears about it, then nullify it then. Why is he like stipulating now to start a chain reaction? The answer is, He's afraid he'll hear about the vow when he's running around and he'll, he'll want to nullify and like forget. So he just wants it to officially be like, okay, I'm stipulating that when I hear about it, the nullification takes effect. And that works. And that he, works. Doesn't he doesn't have to do anything. He does that to make his life easier because he he's afraid that he'll hear about the vow in three months and he'll be upset, but then he'll be on the train and he'll lose connection to the phone, whatever it is. So he's just saying it now. But you see from here, 
annul, an, a vow does not work. You can't nullify the vow until you hear about it. You still have to hear about it. Like, yeah, there were, but still, even good vows, it's not worth it. Even good vows are not worth like it. Just do the mitzvah without vowing. Altima is last for how long? If I say I'm never being a couple of tanis when I go to sleep. No, I think you, well, I think you have I to give know. a stipulation to a time limit over here. He did. He said five months or until I get back from my travels. Um, so let's, again, we're trying to bring one more proof. Now, it's a very strange Gemara. We'll do this last little bit. It's just strange because it's like, the Gemara says like this: Tashma, Ha'imer la'petropis, Kol nedarim shenaderes ishti mekan va'chavim makom ploini hefer. Okay, you're traveling for five months, so you appoint a shliach. You say you're my shliach. They most likely it was called an apetropis. They would appoint guys to basically oversee the house. You pay the bills, make sure the gardener is a, you, you know basically oversee the house. House manager. house manager. You turn to the house manager and you say, okay, over the next five months, every nether my wife makes, I want you to nullify. Basically, you're appointing him as a shliach. The question is, does that work? Basically, could you appoint a shliach to nullify your wife's vows? Why, why so, would he Well, he's seemingly, he's not there. He's not there. But, he, but isn't he allowed to make a statement for the future for her? Oh, why can't he do that? Maybe he doesn't know. Or he wants to appoint a shliach. He doesn't want to, I don't want any headaches. I just want my guy. You're my guy. You're in charge of everything. I want you to nullify the vows. The heiferlah, and the, and the shliach nullifies it. Yachal, you might think it'll work, meaning you might think that a shliach can nullify the wife's vows. Tam lemer, isha, you come out of isha, yeferenu. Rav Yisha says, the Pasuk says, your husband nullifies. Husband. Not a shliach. Husband. No good. Rav Yonison, Amla Rav Yonison, Rav Yonison responds, Matzina b'cholotar, kula shlucha shalvim kamaisai. Rav Yonison says, we find throughout Torah that you could appoint a shliach. So why can't I appoint a shliach to nullify my best? So you have a machloikas between Rav Yonison and Rav Yonison whether you could appoint a shliach. But says the Gemara, what's, what's that to do with our discussion? And Rav Yonison's whole issue was the fact that the Pasuk specifically says it doesn't work. It sounds like the whole machloikas is basically whether a shliach could be appointed to officially nullify the vows. But wait a minute. The husband never heard the vow. The Gemara assumes like this. This is the strange part. The whole discussion is a machlokas whether a, a shliach can actually nullify it. But everyone, the Gemara assumes, the shliach cannot hear the vow. It has to be the husband who hears the vow. That's a, an assumption. And all the Rishonim ask, why is it that, like, even if you agree that a shliach can nullify, but the shliach can't, listening is not enough. So the husband has to listen. That's a given. There's a machleikas whether the shliach can appoint, can nullify. But why is no one bothered by the fact that the husband didn't hear the vow? Right? Again, what's the case? He's going away for five months, and he said, listen, don't bother me. Any vows, I want you to officially nullify. So vows come up all the time. The, the, the shliach is nullifying, nullifying, nullifying. Machleikas whether it works. And the machleikas is whether, technicality, whether a shliach can nullify the vows. But the husband never heard the vows. And everyone agrees the husband has to hear the vows and not the shliach. So what do you see? You see that you don't have to hear vows. That's the Gemara's proof. Because the Gemara is assuming that even if you hold that a shliach can nullify the vows, but the shliach can't listen to the vow. The husband has to hear the vow. So the Gemara says, so what? So the husband didn't hear the vow, so how could it work? So the answer is, Same answer. He's saying, when I hear about the vows, I want you to nullify it for me. But again, he has to hear it. So the Gemara says the obvious question. 
the chisham aleiferla. Well, if he hears about it anyway, why can't he just do it himself? The answer is savadil matrina. He's afraid that he'll be distracted. So he's just like, listen, I hear about the vow, you nullify. That's the deal. So the, the kasha that all the rishonim are bothered by is that. Just as an aside point, you see from this Gemara that even if you hold that a shliach can nullify the vows, the shliach hearing is not enough. It has to be the husband hears it. Even if you hold that the shliach can nullify, the husband has to hear it, not the shliach hearing it. And why that is. Basic question. How do they nullify? They have to, from the base, like, I forgot, like... No, I don't think...